Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Oh, yes. Oh. There's a hello. Hello. Hello, Mike. Hello, Tommy. How that's your you opportunity. Guys? When I when I'm done with that, that's your opportunity to jump in and, and say some noise. Oh, okay. okay. Say some say some noise. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I'm great at that. So uh today's episode is gonna be all about the 2023 year in review. Uh, we decided to kind of just talk about things that we observed throughout the year, kind of a list of what features came out, maybe what were impactful for us this year, this last year. Just talk about a couple features there, and then maybe we'll um, poke on or pick on some things that we think are coming up in the next new year and where you can find more information about all the features that are coming out for Power BI. January is typically a light month. There's almost no updates in January ever uh, because the Microsoft team takes off for, for December. Most of the development work occurs for January into December and those, those prior months. So you won't see any updates this month. However, um, usually you'll see updates start happening in February. I think in some, uh, well, I, I think in, in some detail, you have a clickbaity title, right? We're four right. days into 2024 and it's, it's, it's the 2023 year in review that we're talking about, not oh, four maybe days into 2024 the, that we're yeah. like giving, hey, well, here's come the first four today, days we're talking about the rest of the year. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> we're talking about the first four days of January and uh, of 2024. And that's all we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be pretty much crickets. Dude. Kind of like how much we've talked about data marts this last year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, real quick, before we dive right into that, you guys really need to try this project, Sophia. I know we talked about it. Um, we kind of introduced it on Tuesday. I've been testing a bunch of things out. I actually took um, all my cycling data, took some of uh, the metrics we've done, and just started creating these workflows. And you're looking at this going, oh, this is totally getting integrated with Power BI. Like this, the idea here, it's really cool. I can see the research team getting very excited about this and just trying to slam this thing into Power BI somewhere. I, I would agree with that one. I'm going to try and find the article here. Yeah. Chris Webb was the original one that kind of talked about this one, Project Sophia. Uh, I'll go get the link here for you and put that in the chat window as well. For those who haven't heard about this, this is a, an announcement that was made at Microsoft Ignite. It's an AI-based tool that helps you draw some graphs, write some descriptions, supposed to help you build insights on top of your data for you uh, and and bring those together. So here's the blog article. It's in the chat window in case you wanted to check it out. Uh, Project Sophia. Apparently it's open for availability to try right now. Excellent. Any other kind of quick announcements before we want to get into the main topic for today? Mm -mm. Um, Tommy and I were just talking about before we got on the phone, on the, the, the podcast here, we were just talking about the, um, in 2024, I think more people are going to want to think about enriching their team, uh, focusing on the data culture of your team, and how does that data culture lens look in lieu of Power BI, right? So maybe you're just starting adopting Power BI. Maybe you already have it running and you need a bit more organization around it. Regardless, I feel like many organizations that I've been interacting with are they are either using it or beginning to use it more, but there's this need of additional training that's going to be happening in 2024 for the team, skilling up, you know, giving everyone on the same page kind of thing. And I have felt that there's a pattern or a trend right now, at least for me, when people or customers ask me about, hey, can you provide training? I'm like, yes, what do you want it on? And I don't think the people asking me understand the scope or what is possible or what you need for training. 
there's not a really good gauge to say what kind of training do you need and usually that opens up a very good discussion so if you are someone who's doing training or working on this how do you handle this and let us know in the chat window tommy what do you think what's your kind of opinion on this are you seeing the same thing so we literally i think we found out that just doing training as a stand alone is no longer um no longer adequate. I don't think that no longer suffices to say, hey, uh, we're going to engage with your organization or we're going to engage with uh, a group of people. We're going to do three days of Power BI off with you, you know, go go out there and be somebody. That doesn't work anymore. I think because we're now dealing with a technology that before I had Power BI desktop and I could really kind of do a lot now where you're realizing with all the things we're talking about, the implementation planning, um, with all the different systems around um, and more people getting to it, it's like, okay, it's one thing to have the idea or be um, sufficient in DAX, be sufficient in modeling, but you're realizing, well, what are people really doing with that? Like, what are mm-hmm. the ways and how is that getting integrated with um, with a team or a group? after they did said training and there's more i think questions on that understanding of like okay this audience this persona whoever you are what's the expectation of you how do we get integrated with uh, power bi in your team and i think that's really now where the focus is obviously you'll always have skill-based training that's never going away yeah it's not i'm not worried about this i mean i'm not really basically talking about the skills-based training i'm kind of thinking more about do you know what skills you're actually looking for? Mm. Right. I mean, it's mm. the idea of you now say Power BI. Are you talking pipelines with Synapse in, in Fabric? Are you talking, let's talk about notebooks in Python? Are you talking about um, kind of any data engineering things you're trying to produce with, you know, data flows and Gen 2? Are you talking about lake houses? This is all new things that have occur- occurred to us. T- Tommy, to your point, which I think was a great point, when you were saying, let me learn Power BI, I was focusing on, hey, let's just get desktop open, open your desktop, let's build. We're going to load some data in, we're going to make a model, and we're going to make a report. I feel like the potential for topics have greatly increased this last year. And I think a lot of companies are going to find themselves in a place where they know they need more information, but managers and leaders are not really sure what information to ask for. How do you get that onto your plate? Well, to your point, before when I, when I started training, that person's like, "Hey, you're going to be the Power BI person and do it all. Good luck, yep. <laughs> and you're going to learn everything." And I think now, to your point, if we're integrating lake houses, if we're integrating mm-hmm. uh, more of what the semantic model is, where there's, it's I don't want to say it's getting more ambiguous what personas are, but I don't I think we're going to be losing more of the single Power BI developer who manages everything from a data model point of view. And I think we're beginning to trend that way a little more. Um, I like I like your point there. However, I think I would take it a bit more of an optimistic route. Instead of losing that one Power BI developer that does everything, I think we're, I'm, I'm not losing a son-in-law. I'm not, you know, when your kids get married, I'm not losing someone. I'm actually gaining uh, an, an individual into the family. So I feel like we're not losing anything. I, w- I would pr- portray it as we're gaining additional skills or workflows that have been traditionally held by it and so this is now again i've always said this from day one we're seeing a huge movement for the capabilities of the business user have greatly increased because the technology gives them much more power much more horsepower 
this was the story that we were missing for a long time was this whole grow up story of Power BI. Let's build something in a data model very simply. How does that grow up into an actual production workload that is for the organization? And I think we're starting to see some really great tooling now that's going to help us in that direction. Is this, is this a customer slash company issue or a challenge in how you have to refine your approach just because of the exponential capabilities offered to us? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I think it is, I think it's an issue I perceive, but the person asking for training does not perceive yet. Well, um, that's, that yes. should be, I would argue that that somewhat should be expected, right? Because in general, agree. consultants and, you know, especially you folks training other, other individuals, like the scope of potential training exploded this last year. Oh, totally. Yes, hundred percent agree with that. Which I can, which I can hundred percent agree, like or see why you're, um, yeah, you know, why we're talking about it, right? Which, which is perfectly valid. Um, but like my initial gut reaction is that it just means that there's more to refine and explain upfront to to the customers that they aren't going to be aware of, right? Like fabric to them is still a word. Right, the ecosystems and the things that that you can do potentially are are so much more. But does that what you know? Like, does is that what they really need? They don't even know. So it it, it almost I guess my my first thoughts go right into like really defining roles based training. Right, yeah. like you're, you're that if you can if you can cut that off and say yeah they're not there. We're talking about business yeah. users. This is the thing we'll mention it, but we're just mentioning it, right? Like that's where I think the spectrum to me starts to outline first, which is it's definitely worth the extra hour of conversation up front when people are asking for training. But I also think, Mike, to your point, you're not getting rid of any of the people. If anything, you're just expanding into potentially other teams Yes, or expanding a team's capability exactly if they want to go down that route. And, and that's where I think the person usually asking this question is just saying, or, or of the opinion of, we think they think Power BI is this nice little box where it's just making <laughs> report pages, right? <laughs> and, and when you ask me that, right, it's, it's like walking up to a Ferrari and saying, can you take me to the grocery store, right? I feel like it's kind of like that analogy, like, yes, I can. But did you realize we have all this extra horsepower that you could do fun things with? We can go on a track, we can do all these fun exercises, like there's all these extra things that you can do with it above and beyond just i just need to go to point a to point b kind of things anyways it's just interesting conversation uh i thought it was a relevant kind of intro topic before we get into our main topic for today all right well that let's transition over to our 2023 year in review uh, we'll, we'll talk about that now so tommy has presented oh, yeah. us a, a nice little list Tommy went through and kind of groomed out uh, i don't know you, did, tommy did you make a prompt is this did you prompt something um, this was completely manual. So I was like, all right, let me think hey, about this. Prompt here. Oh. And then I'm like, oh, I, I, I was beginning to go down a rabbit hole. Oh, and then I'll ask um, that largely model to provide me all the best high level. How does it know which one's important or not? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, we're just going to manually do this and do it the old fashioned <laughs> way. So, so Tommy has presented us kind of a, a list of, uh, uh, 
features kind of by month what were kind of being released throughout this year and so um let's just pick out some i mean in general what i would say is if i have had to think about a year in review there has been a ton of excitement around microsoft fabric i mean that that has 2023 was to me has stapled the year of the year of microsoft fabric the year data engineering came to power bi that's that's kind of what i see things the main theme of this year's last of uh, the story this this year um, but that being said, there's a lot of other features that came out with that were more Power BI specific. Uh, one of the items on top on Tommy's list here, let's talk about data marts. Does everyone remember when that was like the big thing? Data marts were coming out. Uh, it was this, this new, you know, you can do SQL, you can write stuff together. We don't, we didn't quite understand what it all meant together. I haven't heard too much about data mart updates. Thoughts? Fabric. <laughs> Fabric, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, it's, I agree, right? A lot, a lot of buzz right out of the beginning of the year. A lot of uh, updates, changes to it because it was introducing new ways in which we could interact with Power BI, right? And mm -hmm. some of the backend things. Um, it's not to say, like, I don't think it was a bad feature. I think it, you know, it, it was even implemented from a licensing perspective kind of to, to meet a need. Yes, um, well, I'd agree with that. But as the years gone on, right, like I, I would just, just by the pure volume of updates of hearing about it dying off towards the end of the year, my guess is Fabric is, you know, the overall solution that people are getting pushed into. I mean, I feel like I'm just uh, preaching to the choir here because, yes, we understand it's redundant. It's a very beta version of what a lake out or uh, what the semantic model was going to be a lake house was going to be in fabric now um, because what what did they what were the features or the things that the data mart did better than anything else or that in a sense product pitch and i know my nothing but um i'm saying what was at least oh, the marketing pitch no yeah it did, like, what was it it did some things what? I, would, I would mean so some things that it did and, better? and there there are no not better <clears throat> but i would say that there are some data mart features that i think you now see inside fabric Okay. Right. So to me, this data mart was this really weird mix of, hey, I'm going to build a SQL server and load a bunch of tables to it and then be able to create measures and relationships all at the same time. So it was like this really weird blend of it's a SQL server that we traditionally know it, but it's also part analysis services as we know it, which makes sense. It's on the same machine. So there was, and but that's now what you get with the yeah. the lake houses. You well, you now get that yeah. by default. And I think where the difficulty was, data marts was intended to be a quick query of your data. It wasn't supposed to be the end to end solution of you're going to now start with data marts, and that's going to be the workflow. But Agree. You're have to rebuild everything. So yeah, it was obviously just funny that that's where we started January. What do you think is going to happen with data marts moving forward then? Do you think it do you think it just kind of goes by the wayside and everyone just uses fabric moving forward or do you think it actually stays around and and has a place inside the power BI ecosystem? What are your thoughts? I I've already heard stories or talked with customers of them I mean this is for lack of uh, a better story here, right? I have heard businesses using the data marts as a full SQL server loading data into it just like you normally would with a, a regular SQL server and just reading data from it from Power BI. Like, like it's a server. It's literally a database that you just spin up and use 
and that's where your data goes, and that's how that's how you design something to work there. Too. So doesn't matter Correct. from a cost point of view. That's true, and and it's on. You can get it on premium per user, so it's it's there. You might as well use it, right? Yeah, but the problem is, I think a lot of our conversations too. Uh, I was also looking at our top twenty twenty three episodes is about data quality and data ops. Yeah, it is. Even though it, you can do that, it's going to always be now separate, independent of any other workflow or updates because again, the data mart dependencies are unique to that data mart. That's so PPU based though. Right. I mean, right. Well, yeah, no. And, and I agree. I think where, where I don't know if it fits in anywhere, it, there could be a use case, right. That we're describing, but the, like the thing that data marts did was bring forward into the light, you know, of just power BI users, some of the data engineering aspect, right. Agree a that. little bit access to the data and with fabric, like fabric solves that from especially uh, like on any level, right? If I'm going to train users how to do something, I'm, I'm going to do it in Fabric, right? If I'm a heavy engineer of yep. and I want to put my workloads in here, I'm going to use Fabric, right? Because it's now part of my visibility. It, it's all part of the same scope that I have. Exactly. And if that was what Datamart solved for me, right? Like right. I, mm -hmm. the, the preponderance of time I'm going to like, or the majority of the time I'm going to be using that ecosystem as opposed to, a niche one-off use case. Like not saying companies don't, Mike, to your point, yep. right? Can you yep. leverage the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. And I just don't know how many of those use cases there are. Yes. And I love it when you use big words because I have to go Google <laughs> preponderance. <laughs> like quality or factor being generated number. Okay, okay, got it. I got it. Preponderance. Got it. Never heard that word before. Awesome. You can tell Seth reads a lot of books. Michael does not. You, you <laughs> Used, used I to read to be shallow and pedantic. <clears throat> awesome. So I know we played a little bit of time here with Data Marts. Let's move on to some other features. So Data Marts, I think, is an interesting thing, a trend that we saw in 2023. Less emphasis on Data Marts, more emphasis on Fabric. And I believe a Fabric was announced around March timeframe when Ignite. Uh, May. Was it May? End of May. End of May. Wow, it feels like it's been. Yeah. Feels like I've been talking about Fabric a lot, <laughs> not since May. So, uh, what other features have come out that you guys? have enjoyed or seen around Power BI that was kind of that hit well, you this year. I, yeah, I think I think the February updates were interesting from like a, a couple perspectives. One being um, that's when they started validating report themes and mm. yes, yes, theme yes. imports. Yeah. There was right? a lot of people had problems with their themes oh. after that moment. Right. So so there was yeah. work around themes and I think that was also um, that and another feature update was was a launch for a lot of the things we did at Tips, which you know it allowed it. Well, which yeah. which, which is a great lead in, which Seth, is as well because that's as about as I think the best things that happened in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think one of the best things that happened in twenty twenty three is Tips Plus was released in February. I think that was when we kind of kicked out our initial version of what does Power BI Tips Plus look like and how can you save your theme files and come back to them and re-edit them. Uh, that was one of our major and uploading themes. We never had a feature before then to upload your theme into our tool and do a data check on it. So that this was one of the most requested features that we had in our free tool was, hey, we'd like to upload our theme. Yeah, but it costs us money to run a website that lets you upload themes and stuff and save them for you. So that's what was kind of the birth of our Bad Tips Plus. 
Well, if I'm not mistaken, too, the whole sch- the schema that they um, released in February that allowed you to finally do continual updates to the theme generator because that's that was always the, been the problem. That's the main. That's so. If you didn't have the full schema or the mm-hmm. spec of the theme file, you could never check to see if it was right or not. It was always, uh, oh, I, I went to this GitHub or this Git repo and someone listed these features and did this thing and it was all JSON. And if you didn't have the, the wherewithal to figure out how to make it work, it was, it was a mystery to you. This is one of the areas that I've pushed very hard on against Microsoft in general has been Microsoft, don't try and build a closed vacuum in your tool. Instead, build designed access points this is what i think about themes you know custom visuals right you can you can upload your own custom visuals they made a mechanism for people to create things and then upload them into power bi and look at it now it's got over what over 150 different custom visuals on a store um you can now build your own theme files and style things um the external tools just continue to grow throughout 2023 as well i think we saw more external tools show up um, a lot more validation around reports and things coming out of those. So I, I think we saw some more improvements there um, around the report theme side of things. Okay. Any other items here that kind of oh, enhanced? I, I got a good one. Before Fabric was the biggest change in March was the introduction to on-object interaction. Oh, let's talk about that one. That was a feature that came out this year. Unfortunately, uh, well, it's, it's definitely there. It, it it did come out, and there's a lot of work that was put into it. Continual work, like if you look at the the when it was released and all the updates after the fact. Yes, there's typically always a lot of work posted in updating of that. I'm very pleased they came out with that in preview. Let's just say that because then I could turn it off and. As a as a general rule of thumb on this one, this feature particularly, Tommy, did you embrace it from day one? Did you say I'm going to learn it? This is going to change. I remember I remember when it came out, everyone said, "Great, all my documentation now is obsolete because everything looks different. How you build yeah. things looks different. All the all the UI, the the buttons, the clicking, all of that just changed." And the same thing around. I guess it was it around that time too where they did a whole update to the. The format pane as well that changed as well and you got a whole bunch of like mm-hmm. all the way the all the yep. settings of a visual just changed like instantly and so anyone who had the the long list of features on or the settings on a visual it was now broken into two panels and now we had all these extra like expandable windows that came out on the right hand side it fixed some things but it also i think made it a lot harder to find where properties were on a visual yeah to be fair, I mean, we talked about this, I think, in one podcast, ex- almost exclusively, right? Like the search functionality. If you weren't using search, or like, hmm. I, I don't think anybody's arguing the a list good point. of properties was getting extremely long. Yes. Right? Yep. And then you throw in this idea that has been out there for a, a very long time where, you know, you need to PowerPoint the things or officeify Power BI, you know, yep. for, for some reason. Sure. Because the business is generally the user. Um, you know, to be frank, I think all of us were like, yep, turn it on, man. You got to get used to on object. And within a month, I turned it off. I, I like, and, and the reason was, did you even give it a whole month? I think you maybe gave it I, like two I don't days. Think so. I don't <laughs> it was like two like days. The like, amount of the nope. amount of clicks I had to do oh to perform the same things. Yes. 
on top of the changes of that we had recently seen with the format pane and where to find things. And it was unusable to me being the old yeah. codger I am from way back in the day. And like, I think, I think it's worth another shot at it, like to, to enable yeah. it and get familiar with it now. Um, because they have, but I mean, didn't come out with flying colors in preview from my perspective. I can remember distinct moments throughout 2023 where so i'm i'm one who likes to early adopt things yeah and i figure out i figured out okay they're going to do this feature anyways at some point in time they're going to just turn it on and it'll just be there and you're not going to have any ways about it right so i wanted to give microsoft good feedback so i just said look i'm going to try the best i can i distinctly remember moments where i was like i'm so frustrated with this feature i cannot find the property I cannot find out where it's what's going on. I'm clicking on things. It doesn't make sense to me. Like I was very frustrated by that improvement on that feature. Yeah. And I have now probably, you know, after months of using it now, like I, now it's just how desktop works to me. So it's, I've already kind of absorbed it, but it, for me and for people who are doing this previously, very frustrating feature. And most of the community feedback that I heard was just saying the same thing. It's frustrating. I can't find what I need to find. It's too many clicks. It's, it's clunky, right? And so I understand the argument from Microsoft where they're saying we're trying to make this feature very accessible for new users. We're trying to make it easy for you to not have to go drag the different data fields to the different properties on the visual and just pick the right visual for you. Like, cool, get it. But my argument would be is if you don't know where to put your data on the x-axis, the y-axis, or as a legend, if you can't figure out what data field to drag to those different areas... I would argue you probably shouldn't be building Power BI visuals to begin with. We should have a fundamental understanding of what we're talking about for how to go from a table to a visual. And I don't think you want to simplify that too much. At some point, you just need to understand it. So maybe some better tutorials or helping pieces inside Power BI would have been better than to just try and redesign all the UI at the same time. So anyways. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't... What's interesting to me... So two points. The first is, I hope I hope in the future I'm, I'm totally wrong, right? Like, and on ob everything an object is just okay. I can totally understand why they would do this, and yep. like it works seamlessly. And I change everything on on what I do. And to be fair, on object is a lot better than it was. Well, hold, 100 percent agree. First dove in and, and gave it a whirl. Need to go back and do that. Yep. So that that's point one. But point two is. One of one of the things I was extremely happy to see over this past year was the the emphasis on visual improvements that um, Miguel Myers is now. Leading. Oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. okay. That's a great transition on that one. So hundred percent agree with that one. So what we saw so far, I think, in in terms of releases, like the card visual, yeah, yeah multi row cards. So like that that alone, huge improvement to just auto building something that was extremely difficult to do, like all manual and like a lot of those efforts that they're doing, make the stuff look better, mm -hmm. make it much more visually compact and remove all of the very tedious work that you had to do to create those types of experiences for an end user. And same thing with new slicer, the, like the new slicer, the like just a very clean way I can add images. I can, you know, it, it's very, app like you know cr let me create this app experience um imagine they would have spent all that time on a bit on object in in visual visual improvements how much further along we would have been 
right? And and like honestly, as a as a Power BI gung ho guy, it that that's still the one area that that competitor people who like competitive tools yes still still poke on. Yep, agree. Right? So I don't know. Like I I sit here going, where is the time best spent as far as like trying to make a product more like a different office product versus here's how you do things. Here's how it's set up. And oh, by the way, we just fixed half the visuals and now you have a much better presentation experience for your end user. Uh, You know, like if we were doing a hundred dollars, I probably would have taken the $40 out of here and thrown (laughs) it into the visual. visual. It's hard. Product development is hard. Honestly, it's like, what, what do you, what do you spend time on to make the best product you can? And, and, there's a there's a thousand different needs pulling you all these different directions, mm-hmm. and Power BI Desktop is a huge program. You install it; it's like 450 megabytes to download now. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna reminisce here just slightly. So I just just bear with. I'm gonna pull it up here on my computer. I'm gonna go to I the know. early versions of Power BI Designer that was out originally. <laughs> I have I have them stored on my computer, and I'll tell you, uh, the most mm, recent. Great. December update version of desktop is 490 megabytes. So almost half a gig. If I scroll down again, there's a lot of features have been added since then. My first version downloaded for power BI designer is 50 megabytes. We've grown. Was that a hundred? Is that a, is that a hundred X? 400 X? No. 550 to 500 megabytes. Anyways, it's big. It's gotten a lot bigger. So there's a lot more like to get from that level. Like there, there must be a massive team now working on. There's a lot of code. Anytime you change something, it always affects other teams. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on there now. Uh, I think there's another point here with obviously just going back from the visual side, um, or what if they just spend all their time the on these new visuals? I think that's a lot more than just product development because it, this is data visual theory. So you're not only trying to change code but you're really changing the philosophy of what the visual does and how it works. That's I think why they've been releasing one at a time very slowly. This is not a, Hey, well, here's a private preview. You can turn it on and something will work. Like there's a, there is a, honestly, a, a methodological philosophical difference, a theory change that they're doing here on what shows up. How does this show up from data visual best practices? This is not just, you know, we're just trying to code a bunch and we're going to put those updates out there. So I think that's probably why it's taken slower. No, I'll, I'll uh, tell you why it's taking slower. It's taking slower. They would love to have all this stuff done yesterday. It's a team size. It's it's because it's dollars, man. It's a dollar that's sign. I said. Take it from yeah. over here and put it over here. <laughs> exactly. But but again, that's it's a Miguel has amazing vision for where these visuals go. And if, if Microsoft sticks to their guns and continues to push down and improve the visuals, you're going to see better things come out with visuals. And already you're seeing great things come out with them. There's better improvements. Everything new features that they're going to give you to visuals is stylizable. You have the ability to customize it. It can be driven by measures. You can do all these extra things to it. There's a lot more function-based or conditional formatting on everything. That's the right way to go because that, that really does provide flexibility. Again, Jack, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head here. New visuals, more capabilities, all this new, you know, on object editing. This goes back to training again. <laughs> we talked about earlier. More like, training for you. More guys. training required because 
this is all net new stuff even for people who've been doing this for a while there's a whole bunch of net yeah. like what are the we're having as a community to figure out what is now our new best practice and how to use these things what what is a good way to use these new visuals and their features <laughs> so anyways another good feature there anything else um any other kind of topical pieces i to jump into any other things here maybe in the the march april time frame deployment pipelines updates with the schema changes um and then that's been helpful yeah i think multiple audiences too that came out in uh, march audiences oh, on that? in in apps oh, yeah that, that was a major change that, that was, yeah yeah i like I, I gotta be honest i really like audiences was kind of a quiet feature i would say but it is now a staple when i communicate about how do you deploy things to teams i think would you guys agree or would you what are your thoughts on audiences yeah, no, th this is a, this is one of the uh, um, essential part fabric of, and I'm not using Microsoft fabric, but fabric of deployment and sharing is yes. app audiences. It's a staple now. Like you, you yeah. would say that's that's a common pattern you will use now moving forward. It's the same that, way that, that you is, should probably use is, explicit measures. That, that, that feature, unlike some of the others we talked about, was an instant full conversion. I like it. Yep. Every, every, everything for me went from sharing sharing reports to roll it all into apps it, because it's just so much easier and it, it was it was what we needed from the get-go right it wasn't one-to-one -one with a workspace now you yes. had you had actually two things by doing that one is now i can have multiple different audiences for the different sets of reports in the same workspace mm -hmm. and it also it also inadvertently or by plan right Mm -hmm. gives you gives you a test layer to a production layer because not all the changes that you deploy into the Power BI service, they don't automatically get updated in the app. You have to manually publish the changes into the app. So if you remove all of the access to that layer, you actually get that reporting, mm -hmm. you know, test, verify that, yep, all the changes I made in the service, they're good. From a visual perspective, add to this page, operating as expected. Now I'm going to publish to my audience in the app. Love it. And this is, a, this is a good feature. This is exactly what happens. The technology shifts, a feature is added, and you have to sit back and rethink, how do I do stuff? Like, is there a better way to learn how to deploy things now using this new feature? And I, I like that. I think that's a really neat thing. However, I think from an admin perspective on Power BI, this is why you want to have people that think about this stuff or people who talk with other people who are mm -hmm. thinking about this. For example, uh, leaders in your, like, make sure you're talking to it, like the podcast. That's what we do, right? Listen, listen to us. <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's other, there's other good people saying lots of great things about this too. It's not just this podcast, but there's a lot of great messaging guy in a cube and all the other YouTube channels that are doing great jobs. Boz with teaching you how to use these different features. Like there's a great number of channels that you can listen to. I'd highly recommend it because how do you know how to best use audiences unless you're spending time with people who are trying to use audiences? Like it, it I makes mean, sense. to be fair, to be fair to Dan's point, it might've been before 23 and we just, maybe we only got our time range of it. Is that really true? <laughs> Can someone Google that for me? I have seen that, that there were some posts in mid 2022 about multiple app audiences. <laughs> Maybe we just really actually like who, who it brought that one. Maybe it was just major updates. It, this oh. this is also one of those. Uh, there's got to be there's got to be some psychological explanation, right? The older you get, the faster time 
maybe well, that's I, how it I works. Think there's an actual study. Oh wait, this wait, or a name for it? Did did it go GA in March? Oh, maybe yeah. I don't know. Still important. Now generally available in March. There you that, go. Maybe that's what it there was. Yeah, yeah. Holy I mean, yeah. yeah. because really we don't talk we don't about preview stuff. features on this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like we're so Dan, sit down, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> awesome it's funny um yet this my only gripe with apps is why cannot why do we still have the same color selections for the app that were there when apps came out it's the same 15 colors i can change my entire tenant to look Wait, any can, way i want and you can't you can't pick a new color it's still no, just it's the, the same colors they haven't yeah. updated, updated the colors yeah well anyways i will again do you want do you want fancier visuals or do you want new color for apps? That's not it is in the tenant already. Copy paste, I mean, man. Hey, hey, Tommy's got a point because the color app, like that is a display portion to the end user. True. Right? So like having full customers, like at least having a better color palette would, would be helpful for for presenting, you know, maybe not such What if you could stylize an app people. using a theme file? Oh, hey, there you Ooh, go. There you go. That's a little more. I mean, that's better, but speaking of, <laughs> that's going to be a little more discussions. Speaking of all the things we can do with theme files or files or whatever, I think one of the biggest things I was most excited about in 23 was the introduction of the PBIP. Yes. P-bip. And you're not talking about the hat that we made that was all about PBIP. No, totally. PBIP. the pbip format which i agree with you seth 100 percent. this was a very needed feature um and this is one of those grow-up stories that i think really enhances power bi is a bit more ready for prime time as as opposed to we have to manage these pbix files and since day one every company has struggled with well how do i control these where do i put them where do i store them oh my gosh my Power BI file is now a, a couple hundred megabytes in size. GitHub won't accept it anymore because the file size is so large. What are we going to do about this? And I think this is a very elegant solution to controlling versions of your reports. And we're not done yet. I mean, this is this is just a yeah. a brand new feature that's coming out that is. I don't know. I, I would I would highly argue this is going to ch- fundamentally change how you Power BI. This this could, is for sure could, a game changer. But this 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 uh, kind of dovetails into your earlier point, where the push to have Microsoft open up the file a bit more, allow allow people to do different things within it. The PBIP format is that it's like it's almost the architecture by which things are separated out to the point where you can start to automate or build things that get compiled within a, a PBIP file and then just represent themselves as a you know, open a PBIX and start, you know, go, go off and do your thing. Mm-hmm. So extremely, I think needed and something that solved a lot of problems, not just in um, the interaction points, but also the deployment. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think that this is another, and, and with, with this, I think initially was the introduction of the PBIP format, but with this has also gone, Git integration to workspaces. I don't. I, I would maybe call those features right. kind of one and the same, but man, do I really? It's not quite refined yet. It's still getting worked out. But Git integration at the workspace level, oh, that's really cool. I see a lot of potential for that as well. Yeah. Well, 
do you find it more even if I create a pbip or if I if I publish to a power, uh, workspace with Git, it doesn't actually create a pbip from there. It actually transforms into a pbir, which I'm actually if you looked at the quantity of types of Power BI files, like the pbir is the definition more than just the project file. Like they're kind of I don't think they're going away from pbips, but in order for me to I'm not sure I follow you, can you okay, maybe describe so it a different way? Let's say I publish to a Power BI workspace with a pbix. That's just what I okay. Right? Yep. And that workspace has Git integration. Okay. Power BI is then it gonna in a sense transform that model into not a PBIP, but into the two folders, the data um, model or the data set and the report. There's no PBIP, it's just the PBIR, the report definition. Well, yeah, the PBIR is, is just a PBIR is just is meaningless, honestly. It's it's just a it's a simple little JSON file that points to where the model exists and what's where the definition of the file exists in a different folder. So it's it's just pointing to folders essentially, right? Well, PBIR opens up Power BI Desktop. Not saying it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. PBIR is just pointing to things that describe yeah. the files. Yes. Whether yeah. you have the PBIR or not, the PBIP is a project which includes definitions of what the model should do and what is happening in the report yeah. layer. So, I mean, I would say the PBIP yeah. is more more synops and more analogous to the PBIX. Oh, yeah. But from my understanding is the PBIP format is what is used when you upload things to Git. What you don't get from the Git integration is you don't get a PBIP because there is no concept of a project inside the service. That, yes. And that's why the PBIR file appears and also, if you're working on your local machine, right, if you're using the PBIP format on your local machine, you're getting the PBIP format file with all the folders that go with it, but that's stored locally. And when you upload a, you can open a PBIP project locally, and then when you save and send it to PowerBI.com, my understanding is it just zips everything into a PBIX and then sends the PBIX up and then it and then it, it rips apart the PBIX in the service, and then builds all these other the same things essentially. So it's it's kind of like a little bit extra redundant right now because the only medium to go from desktop to service is only the PBIX file format that I'm aware of right now. Maybe that will change in the future. Um, but I think maybe my my main point here on around this topic is it maybe makes more sense to think about this PBIP format because I could very much see in the future. Instead of going to PowerBI.com and downloading things, I might just go to the Git repo and synchronize that with my local machine. And I may not deal or I may not be trying to get a storage of PBX files anymore. I may link my workspace, get everything in it, and I will exclusively work from the Git repo to make my changes. So I, 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 I like that pattern, how refined it gets. To be determined. Yeah, we'll see where they take it. And I think they're working too on the best pro the workflow there. And we can then move on because, like you said, there's the PBIP which I have to create manually, which is the project. And yes. then if I just upload, I don't have the same exact workflow. So it's very. I think they're working still on the best. Is that is that like the um, the cane saying kind of time to go? But um, someone scanned the QR code. Cool. Uh, <laughs> There's two different workflows right now. I think they're still working on how does this best work with data ops and BI. Correct. And I don't. I think the jury's still out. I, I, mm, I, 
this I don't know if I agree or understand what you're saying. Like because the I I agree from the standpoint that there are things to work out in that flow from I want to work in this space and auto deploy mm -hmm. into something in the Power BI service. But the implementation of what they're showing so far are from my perspective are predicated on a, a lot of a long legacy of the dev cycles like i have a project file i have yes. multiple different types of things within that project file the pbir the model the whatever create create you know whatever you want those are the components that have to live within that project and could be deployed individually or collectively as as a whatever right the flow into the power bi service i agree with but how they're going about implementing that is very in from my perspective very familiar to me in older ways we used to do things you know that that have been you know dev cycles for a very long time or dev dev patterns and i think i think that's what i'm most excited about is the idea that the uh the power bi ecosystem is becoming more developer friendly this this seems like they're they're this finally is, opening yeah. things up and standardizing on things. so so what's really unique about a lot of this right is there there are two different kind of things that we've seen or been pushing for for a long time as power bi came out right mm -hmm. it took it took business intelligence developers into a realm that was much more on the business side right like you have this tool it doesn't do any of the engineering level things that we were used to so you have this push for enterprise i need to enterprise these things i need yes. to like automate my pipelines yep. and workflows etc but at the same time you're now introducing a business tool that's competing with other business side tools and you have this push for better visualization easier methods to do things like make it easier make it code, easier code right? automations yeah exactly so cuz i can't i can't manage as, 100 models or i can't manage 100 reports without some level of automation on top of it right yeah. so so as we've grown i think in the first couple of years yeah administration understanding the enterprise side like that took a back seat while a lot of the business forward front, like making Power BI easier for the business to, to consume was pushed. Yep. And I think we're in this really great place, though, where we have a PBIP. Like there's enterprise ways in which to interact with this ecosystem mm -hmm. and the level of improvements to not just Power BI, but also, which we hadn't foreseen at all, is trying to like what is what is unifying that to some degree across these teams look like or at least uh push it into the realm where these teams could potentially be working together because that's been the biggest friction point for mm -hmm. business intelligence in an organization so like we're in a really cool time i think and i'm excited about 24 because it brings to to light a lot of uh, potential big changes to how people work within an organization and to your mike to, to your point mike we've seen this repetitively that there are certain features that all of a sudden they drop and you're like okay i will i'm gonna stop the way i used to do this because it's so worth it to do this other like do it this way now and yep, yep. and like man like i could it happen at any time with fabric i think so i i, I absolutely think so and I want to I want to dovetail on your comment there. Things that are things that are fundamentally changing how we Power BI, Timdle format. Now I think it was originally announced in oh. April. It came out in March. SQL bits. 
it, it, sequel yeah. bits was announced and it was the first presentation by matthias um amazing job he kind of came up with the idea microsoft adopted it and you now see so to get at the Timdle format you have to do a whole bunch of work with external tools and and unpacking files and things and Timdle makes it much easier for this whole Git integration to work. And it's very simplified. It's a very nice format. And what we've seen over the, this last year is the Timdle format has gotten better. Microsoft has released an, SD, an app, or what do they call it? An um, inside VS Code, Tommy. What do they call them? The uh, uh, extension. An extension. There's now an extension in VS Code that lets you pretty format it. You can then you know have it auto-prompt you for when you have uh, additional syntax changes. So over this year... That has gotten much better as well. So now managing your model, not using a BIM format instead of using the Timdle format is going to be, I think, a lot easier too. So I think even from a, this is another major game changer feature that I think I see coming out this year is this whole Timdle format and making that easier to use. So if you don't know what Timdle is, uh, here is the announcement for that one from Rui. I'll put that in the chat window as well. This is another really interesting thing that came out that I think will be very fun. Other th other uh, features that we should probably talk about. Obviously, some PowerPoint updates, but the the last one that that struck me was just the most recent one the the new DAX query view. I think um, oh, was that's another a huge, fantastic one. Uh, feature improvement, and um, just opens the door to allow people to make like verify data, verify measures are accurate, right? And and gives a yep. uh, and in application way to interact in new ways that they may not have before with with dax and um just verify building dax functions and implementing those within a report I, I think simplifies that experience without somebody who is a new user having to understand like wait, wait like you, you 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 just got me learning power bi now i have to go download this other third-party thing called dax studio like how do how does that work like what it so, so I think that's one of the the benefits of having in app tools sometimes, or at least a light version of things, so that you're you're doing two things. One is it's part of the tool already. You're obviously adding uh, an enhanced experience, but you're also opening the door for them to easily understand the third party tool where basically the same thing comes from. So it's a it all of a sudden you're creating unique or similar experiences across the different applications that have been built around Power BI. Hmm. I, I really like that observation as well. And I, I, yeah, I, I feel the very similar sen sentiment to you there on that feed. It's, it's going to, it really aids our development tool set and to be able to store these things. I mean, I think those, those files, those scripts that you use are being stored now. Wait, where this is this is yeah, where I know I, where you want to go with it. <laughs> okay, so it's a very awesome feature. I really love it. It 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 definitely feels like it's bringing a lot of what I would say. It's bringing DAX Studio features right into desktop, which is awesome. From from a pro developer standpoint, you need to have these. These are things that just need to be part of the tool, which is awesome. My challenge for this is, what are those common scripts I should be running? Like you have in order. So the self-discovery, like, let me, let me say, let me, say, let me just give you one example here. An example is if you run a visual and you see how it renders the data, 
in the performance analyzer, you can go into performance analyzer, you can hit record, you can get the query for a single visual and you can say, okay, here's the timings of every visual on this page. Oh, wow. Look, this table takes, you know, almost three seconds to render. Let me go performance analyze it. And you can then drop that code to render that visual. It immediately drops it over to the DAX query editor. Awesome. Love it. So it's auto generating DAX for you and letting you discover and explore it. I think this is where true learning comes in. This will really help people learn things. However, there was just a release of 50 new, uh, 50 new DAX features that are all about the information of, of the model, which are awesome. Very helpful. However, where can I save a common pattern of this is a, like, I'm going to write something about measures. I'm already seeing blogs around people are writing like 20, 30 line DAX statements that they're going to use to go analyze all the columns, all the measures, all the things in a model, basically per build, building some lightweight documentation that's in the model. Yeah. Love it. Great idea. My downside of this is how do I get access to those things faster and easier every single time I use desktop? And so my opinion here is, with everything Microsoft does, I love that you built this new feature, but give me an easy way to integrate it with other tools or at least load in the things that I care about so I can have a library of these really helpful features with easy access. And I know Microsoft doesn't love doing that, but gosh darn it, like you've already done it for themes and everything else, like figure it out. Like, like make, but how the much, community how, will help make this easy for people. Yeah. You're, does that make sense? It, it, it does, and it, but the 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 complexity behind that that I I guess pipes right away is like a library of what right like, and I think you can because everything's dependent on the model right how things are built. Well, so th things so that, like list me all measures yeah. with these columns right. Wouldn't you want to run that on every single data model you have? Here's a single place. I don't want to have to go hunting right. for so, measures. So and what you're not using the actual data model structure. You're you're yes. you're that you upload you're using the core back end you know Th things you're going to want to have in every like i'm going to want to build a power bi like this is probably part of my template at some point right i i may want to have like here's my power bi template and by the way i've already built four or five standard sure. queries that live you know what hmm I think we can add this to theme generator. I might just do it. Like I was thinking PBIP. Like there's got to be a way we can just stick it. Maybe we'll just right. so so maybe let's we take add this offline. Let's put uh, this in the parking lot, Mike. Yeah, yeah we're gonna park on this topic for now. <laughs> but that's that is my that is one area where here it would be really nice to have again when you start from something. Here's a bunch of things you just get out of the box. Boom, it's ready to go. And I think to me that's when when Microsoft introduces a lot of code based things. I love it, but think of a way. How can you, it, you will drive adoption if the community can easily improve the feature or add the legwork that provides value to the feature. And that's just my general feeling. But I'm, I'm huge. I'm very pro on like the community. Love the community of Power BI. That's been awesome. Sorry. Let's anything other, we're almost at time. We've got about five minutes left. So maybe we should do either last thoughts or one more feature. What do you guys think? last thoughts because if we're trying, right. going to try to pick one let's just kind of wrap up with final thoughts for um you know what is your your main takeaways or your your final thoughts around last year 2023 where do you think you land tommy let's go with you first well 
obviously we focus today on just the Power BI blog, but I mean, we know what 2023 was the year of fabric and it was the year of there. This is no greater change to what we do. I know they initially said that was data marts, which is kind of funny. That was going to be the biggest update they had in years, but we've literally transformed, I think our roles and we're just like, I think we had a conversation on our podcast when we first started about like, Hey, what's BI going to be in the future? Well, that's obviously needs to be revisited there. Are, if you look back on where you were doing power BI at the beginning of 2023 and now looking ahead, it's that constant having to learn what technology works in the best time. And obviously this was a update like that on, um, you know, with a vengeance, so to speak. But I mean, look at all the updates you go. Oh, I remember that. And where, where you've gotten, where your organization is going. This is why I love what I do because my job is to keep updated with this and learning this stuff and trying it out and seeing what it best works. And it, ha- it updates constantly. And I love that. So yep. I'm intriguing to see where 2024 is going to go. Seth, any final thoughts for you? I agree with Tommy from a data perspective, like big, big things, fabric, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. It also it it not only brings to light the data engineering aspects to yeah, business folks ish, right? But it it might it has the possibility of bringing those groups closer together, and I think that's the value behind it. How that integrates and how that potentially changes how businesses work, I, I'm very excited about. I, I am Power BI specifically. Um, still feature feature rich you know they're adding new things i think there there's a good mix of enterprise or back-end um improvements versus front-end i i i would push for more in the visual improvements area i i would fund that a lot more than some of the other stuff like on object right and and like i said microsoft knows the use cases of power bi and maybe the biggest pain point they've had from business users is we don't know where to find things from properties and that's why it's worthwhile to go down that route mm-hmm. um on on the flip side i know that some of the challenges that still exist um from a competitive standpoint all live in the visualization area so the more work mm-hmm. that i think especially when everything being put out from that team right now is being received with like big, big parades and hurrahs invest more there. Um, and the other, the other reason for that is one of the, the fall or challenge points that Power BI has still is, um, in the embedded space, right? And if you're going to break into that or have Power BI be part of applications, you need that customization. You need the ability to make things look different than they do today without all of the extra effort um, and you know the capabilities. So I think there's there's a 2024 could I hope just keep keep building on the visual improvements. Um, but overall, pretty pretty happy with you know what they put out in 2023. I think there there were a lot of things that the community could leverage. We leveraged you know with Theme Generator and and um, our our ability to to push that out. I think that's one of the Honestly, one of the biggest, coolest things in, in Power BI as far as implementation in 2023. Um, but overall, pretty pretty happy with the year. Awesome. I think uh, for this last year, I think the, the biggest impact for me has been the Tyndall and the PBIP format. I think those have been huge improvements. I think those are the, the, the standout shiny moments that we've had for 2023. 
one other, I'd say easily in most impactful feature here is, and um, we didn't really talk about a ton, which was the adoption of the Delta format for <laughs> everything Power BI. So this is more of a data engineering perspective on fabric. on fabric, right? But I mean, fabric is cool. I get it. But all those tools existed before. They just weren't in. They just weren't in Power BI. So like. To me, Fabric is not that much of a revolutionary moment because I already used all these tools. It just was in Azure, not in... Yeah, just a combination. So I like that they've made the accessibility that easier. But to me, the the real fundamental change for me was the Delta format. And now we have so many more, I'm going to call compute engines that can read this new formatted documentation. Previously, we could do it with SQL Serverless and we could do it with Spark. That was the only two things we have. We now have... Power Query, which is another compute engine. We now have the VertiPack engine that can do it. And now you can use desktop functions to directly re read those tables inside Delta formats. To me, this is Microsoft keeping up with Snowflake and other big data tools in the ecosystem by adopting this format and making this thing really shine and speedy. So Direct Lake, it's not, I haven't done extensive amounts of testing, but my initial impressions, it's awesome. And it's a fabric level feature. So I love Direct Lake. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be really a feature to watch out for because I think it will actually really increase the size of your models without doing a lot of extra requirements or effort on your part to manage the models themselves. So anyways, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us for another conversation around our last year, 2023. We're looking forward to the next year, 2024. Hopefully good things happen. Maybe we'll get some great improvements to tables because those are they have never changed since day one of, of Power BI Desktop. So maybe yeah. maybe we'll get a, a good improvement around tables from 2024. One can hope and dream. So with that, uh, we really appreciate your listenership. If you found some value from this, if we talked about some features today that you haven't looked at, I highly recommend go Google them. Go ask Copilot. Go ask ChatGPT about these features and where you can find more information about uh, these key features. Because I think... Um, as experts in this space and who are very closely watching this, these are the kind of things that stood out to us for this last year. Tommy, where where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a rating. It helps us out a ton. Do you have a question, idea, or topic that you want us to talk about in a future episode? Head over to powerbi.tips slash podcast. Leave your name and a great question. Finally, join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central, and join the conversation on all Power BI Tips social media channels. Awesome. Thank you all very much. We appreciate your time, and we'll catch you next time.